Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT Staff Pick'em's Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Paguaga, and as always, I am joined by Sean Patrick Boley. But before, I gotta I gotta change that intro, I think. I am joined by the 10-0. That's right. Sean Patrick Boley. That's Congratulations, right. Sean, on uh, a 10-0. You I That's think right, you might be the first one to get to 10-0. Since we started this with the statewide stuff a couple of years ago, really? I think Florida Bio might have went 10-0 and 0 in 2018 or 2019. I have to dig back, but you're one of the first, and you were not alone. Also, congratulations to Joe Morelli. He went 10-0 uh, as well. Ooh, I know. I don't want to share the spotlight. Well, Joe's I mean. Just piggybacking off, off my coattails. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. You're 10-0 jumped you into second place in the rankings for joe it jumped him into seventh so it means more for you yes well meant a lot for him gets him kind of back in the back (laughs) into the race a little bit yeah yeah well joe is two games away from being back in last for staffers so he really needed it to get out of the the cellar but for you it kicked it kicked you right up to the top back in the race um you know like i said you and you and morelli went 10 and 0 Brecklin, Fornabio, myself, and Stewart went nine and one. Barker went eight and two. McNamee went eight and two. Scott Erickson took a lot of risks. He went seven and three. The eight ball went six and four to get back to 500. Overall standings, Mike Fornabio leads with a record of 51 and 19, only by a game over Sean Bowley and Chris McNamee. Stewart and I are tied after that with 48 right. Barker, Morelli, 46 right. Erickson, 45 right. Brecklin 44 right in the eight ball is 35 and 35 at 500. Um, huge week though. I mean, what went into your pick, Sean? You know, take us through the 10 and 0. <laughs> uh, well, I think I'm going to have to say congratulations to the West Haven Blue Devils for really making that one go. Um, they were very happy that I picked them, and uh, I want to say I couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a big one. Um, and what was the other one? Uh, Oh man, what was the other one? There was one in the there. The big passed. one, the big one was the Shelton Westhaven game because yeah. that's where Brecklin, Fornabio, myself, yeah, and Stewart got wrong. wrong. Yeah. Um, a handful of people got those right as well, but yeah, I mean, a ten and zero. I I don't feel like I feel like it just seems like you know so hard to accomplish, but there you are, and it looks well, you like you're all not too far back. I mean, like no, but nine and one is not ten and zero. You know, an undefeated hey, week is impressive. 
I'm taking I'm taking it one game every week, Pete. One game every week. Yeah, I mean I can celebrate the weekend, but now it's now it's uh, Tuesday. Let's get back to work. You know, All right. A lot of film to watch. A lot of a lot of things to do. We can celebrate for a little bit, but it's right back to work uh, for this guy. That is great, Coach Speak. Yeah. Do you interview coaches often? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to know every week. Want to know every week. <laughs> well, your quest for ten and zero again begins in week eight. Sean, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. I don't know. I don't know about a repeat performance there. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, there's, it, there's some... and the funny thing about going ten, I didn't even think. I thought I was going to tank last week. I was like, man, I'm going to go six and four. See, that's my problem. I always think I'm going to go ten and zero, and then I never do. Maybe I should think I should do bad. Yeah, Maybe I, I'll I do well. I thought I was destined for at least. If I, I figured if I, if I scavenged, you know, or scrounged up a seven and three, I would have been happy with that. Glad to see it worked out. Well, now the pressure's on, so you have yeah. to go ten and zero again. All right, we are going to start at the north part of the state, like we always do. We got five and one Glastonbury coming in with uh, a great record. They really haven't played a lot of people. We talked about it in the midseason report. This is their first big challenge for the Guardians. For running back Jack Patron, who's I think got twelve hundred yards this year, over ten ten over ten touchdowns. He's really been leading the Guardians. They get to go to Southington, so good luck to them. They got the six and zero. Blue Knights, who are without Evan Anderson, who's out for the season. This one is a big CCC game for Southington and obviously for Glastonbury. Uh, Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one, but I just want to pull up that it's been a while. Glastonbury hasn't beaten Southington since 2012. Sean, because you went 10-0, you get to go first. This has always a, always been a tricky game, uh, even though it has been a long time since Glastonbury won. I thought it was 13 they won, but no. No, um, 12. Know, 13, something was went one state champion. Right. Um, but this has always been a, a tricky game. This is two pretty proud uh, programs here. Um, now, I mean, Glastonbury really struggled out of the game last year. Finished, uh, I believe, with three wins. Um, and, uh, you know, and this this season, yeah, it's, been, it's been great. They will exchange last year for this one every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But, uh, you know, then you take a little bit of a little bit of look at it. You know, they start with McMahon. Okay, they won by a touchdown. East Hartford, okay, 35-14. That's pretty, that was pretty good. NFA, they beat up 35-7, as, as they should have. Newington, which has been competitive all year, hung with them uh, with that uh, with that offense, hung with them, but uh, couldn't close the deal. Glassbury gets out of there 34-29. Then... They're undefeated, and then Hall comes to town. Hall's having the season that Glassbury had last year. Hall beat 21-3. Then they come back with the South Winter. Jack Trump played pretty well. Really good running back. Over 1,000 yards. Nice job. Now their Glassbury guys are finally getting into it, and they're starting to call us out for not. Hey, guys, get your get your games in, huh? Yeah. yeah. Send us some information on Friday night. That's how it happens. Fill out Max get... Preps, too. Yeah, do it. yeah, fill out Max Preps. We'll, we'll, you know, we have a better idea what's going on here. Anyway, they're playing Southington. Tough, tough spot. Number one team in the state. Looking at the other records, I just can't see this for the Guardians. I, you know, I think Southington hurt by uh, Anderson being out, but I, I gotta, I, I gotta. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Blue Knights as well. We said it on uh, the show earlier this week. The Blue Knights, Evan Anderson is out, but they still got Lincoln Cardillo. Yeah. And Lincoln Cardillo is a boss. C.J. Benedetto, really good quarterback. I'm going to go with the Blue Knights as well. I think for Southington, this is a really good test. It's a good tune-up before they get Maloney next week, which will be on this show as well. 
Mm. All right, so we're both going to go to Southern Tier. We're going to move on to the CTC. We got mm. Quinnebog Valley, who is 3-1, going to Cheney Tech. The Until they're dethroned, uh, Cheney Tech is the defending CTC champions. Quinnebog Valley won last week, beat VG Tech after their loss in a 78-point game between them and Platte Tech. Uh, they got back to their winning ways, and Cheney Tech has two losses, one to Northwest United, and an overtime loss to Wilcox Kaner, 28-21. I'm really intrigued by this because Quinnebog also has played two out-of-conference games. They beat Plainfield, and they beat Montville by a touchdown. Um, Quinnebog's oh, it's been a contender in the CTC the last couple of years. New regime. Um, but still the winning ways. Uh, just looking at that at a conference and the kind of the teams that they lost to, I'm going with Quinnebog Valley in here. I'm going with the Pride. I'm going with the Super Deluxe Co-op uh, for Quinnebog Valley. Sean, what do you got? I actually surprised me. Uh, certainly, they've uh, they've played pretty well. Um, uh, but I'm I'm going with the Beavers. I mean. You know, if you really look at those games, that they those were pretty tough. I mean, Cheney Tech. Let's be honest here; they're like one of the only one of like three pure tech schools programs. And everyone else is like hiding their public school hosts in, in this league. I mean, they, even, they were so good at it, they hid it from us. So Cheney Tech deserves a lot of credit, first of all, for being the defending champions, uh, but the, for being actually being a pure tech school program. Good job by them. Um, you know, and. Uh, their only loss was an overtime loss, and they lost Northwest United. So, uh, you know, yeah, they also beat Platt Tech 40 to nothing. So I'm going to go with Cheney Tech. I'm not doubting them. They uh, have played pretty well. I mean, what the heck? Uh, I don't see why that would continue. I think Quinnebuck Valley is kind of, you know, not as good as they were last year. So uh, maybe come back to me next week when they play Thames River, Cheney. But uh, for now, I'm going with the uh, Beavers. All right. Gonna go up to the ECC. I think this is the second two two out of three weeks we're picking this team. But we got six and zero Wyndham. The Whippets come in unbeaten after beating Killingly convincingly two weeks ago. They stumbled out of the gate against New London, but pulled away, winning by twenty two. So they won by three touchdowns. But yeah. I think a little bit of us were watching on Twitter on Friday night, being like. What's going on with Wyndham? Are they reading their own headlines? Maybe they were, but they recovered, beat New London by 22. Now they play host. Uh, now they go on the road um, to Waterford. Waterford is 4-2. and two. Waterford, I like Waterford. I like what they've been doing. They played Ledyard really well uh, a couple of weeks ago. They were beating Ledyard uh, until James Green took over and led Ledyard to a win. They beat Griswold Wheeler last week only by six. Um, Sean, do the Whippets get off to a hot start this time and maybe put Waterford away early, or do they leave that door open again? Are we handicapping these games? or <laughs> uh, am, I, am I supposed to pick how they're supposed to do in the first half? or Is there a spread here? No, no, there isn't. I'm going with the Whippets. I see no reason why I would ever pick against the Road Warriors after what they did to Killingly. Uh, get back to me maybe in the playoffs. I'm going with the Whips. All right, I'm going to go with the Whippets as well. Interesting, just looked at their schedule. They were supposed to have two home games to end the year. They now only have one, yeah. uh, which is the night before Thanksgiving, so I don't it know. Be, it might have to be the playoff game. It might have to be the playoff game where they get to open up their renovated field. 
Uh, but the Road Warriors, I think, roll. They go up to Waterford, and they beat the Lancers. Okay, FCAC. Love us some FCAC football. Another great matchup. And again, St. Joe's is on this board. Whoever made their schedule had us in mind, I think. And the kid, uh, the Hogs are five and one, and they're going to New Canaan. Can we, can we break this down a little bit? Darian, week one, Staples, week two, Massac, week three, okay, all at home. Week four, Danbury. Week five, Greenwich. <laughs> week six, Ridgey. <laughs> oh my goodness! After this, go ahead, Pete. But there you go. now they're going to uh, now they're going down to New Canaan. Finally, a, a night home game. I'm sorry, yeah. a night away game after the second one in two weeks, three weeks since Greenwich. Yes, but, they're yeah. going to play the 6-0 and Rams, whose defense is incredible. The Rams' defense has allowed 21 points this season. That's it. Fun fact, New Canaan's defense scored three touchdowns last week. Themselves, including a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown. They've had Saints- three straight shutouts. Yeah, New Canaan's defense has been on fire. And it's kind of become their staple the last couple of years. Um, so you got St. Joe's with an offense that can score. I mean, they hung... The only time they scored more than 27 points was against Staples in Week 2. You know, so Staples can score. Or Staples can score. St. Joe's can score. Can. Staples can score. But St. Joe's can score... But are they going to be able to, is their defense going to be able to contain New Canaan? Or is St. Joe's going to be able to score against New Canaan? I think this game could go in a lot of different ways. Uh, I'm going to pick first on this one. And defense wins championships. And right now, the Rams have the best defense in the state. They're playing the best than any, uh, they're playing better than anyone else in the state right now on defense. I'm going with the Rams. I'm going with Coach Chris Silvestri. He's not listening to Lisa Loeb anymore as his pregame music. Apparently, it's Madonna. I've been told, Madonna, uh, Madonna. yeah. So I'm going with Madonna. I'm going with the Rams, and I'm going with the Rams know. defense. Sean, I always pick against St. St. Joe's. I think they use it as a rallying cry, so I'll give them a little bit more motivation. Sean, who do you got? Uh, I'm not. I'm not convinced. Sylvester, great coach, great defense. Sure, three straight shots, four overall. But can we look, please, at what, who New Canaan has played? Xavier's struggling. They beat him 31 to nothing. McMahon has not been bad. They beat Ward last week. New Canaan allowed two touchdowns, 37-14. I don't know when those will score. Probably late. No big deal. Fairfield Prep, they were in a dogfight. Fairfield Prep is a very good team, as we have found out. 14-7 in their own building. Now, granted, the offense has been a little bit, a little bit, uh, taking a little bit of time to get going here. But, uh, but defense still there. Bridgeport Central. I mean, Bridgeport Central is definitely struggling. 37-0. Norwalk really struggling. Not the team they were. Cam Edwards not walking through that door. 45-0. Wilton last week. I get the feeling we all thought Wilton was a little bit of a paper tiger. They lost a lot of guys. Uh, in the first two tests, Wilton has predictably now fought, lost two games in a row. That said, St. Joseph has been playing all the teams that I mentioned at the top. They are battle-tested. They know what competition is like. They're, they're, they they know what it's like to get hit. They know what it's like to, uh, to, to to crack defenses. They know what it's like to play football right now. I think St. Joseph is far and above New Canaan at this point. I don't even know why I vote New Canaan number one. I'm sorry, number two. Now that I'm talking about this. What am I doing? I don't know. Because well, they lost to Greenwich? Maybe I should be voting Greenwich over New, New Canaan. I'm taking the Hogs. It's a no-brainer for me. Put it in the bank. 
the, the, whenever I pick St. Joseph's, they always play well for me. Go Hawks. Wow. We well, we should do this before you submit your ballot every week then. I don't even know why. I, it's suddenly dawned on me. I'm looking at New Canaan's schedule. I think New Canaan's very good. Don't get me wrong. I'm the one who says in the guide, like, you know, maybe we should forget the run game. Forget the uh, forget the, the passing game, which, you know, obviously Ty Groff has been hurt. But the run game has been great for them. They're great. I mean, New Canaan's well coached, obviously. But, uh, you know, St. Joe, I mean, after they did, look, look what they did to Richfield last week. 27 zip. Talk about good defense, huh? They yeah. got a good defense. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going with it. All right. Look at that. We split. That's the second time we split. This one, we're going to the NVL. I love this game. This game means a lot to me personally. Uh, if you've listened to the show, you know where I started my career. Um, I'm going to call this one the Register Citizen Bowl. So our newspaper up in Torrington where I started my career as the sports editor. I don't care. I'm calling this the Register Citizen Bowl. You got 4-2 and two, Gilbert Northwestern Housatonic in their first year in the NVL. They're going to Robert Frost Complex in Torrington to play the team that went to the Class M semifinals last year under Gaetan Rod- Rodriguez. Torrington struggling. They're one and five. They lost a lot of guys who went to that, who played in that semifinal game. But I just love this game. It means a lot to me. Here are two teams that I covered almost exclusively when I worked there, and they finally get to play. I, I honestly don't think that they've played. They haven't played in recent memory. That I know. They probably maybe have played years back when the leagues were a little different. But this is two different programs who are not that far away from each other getting to play. I love this game. Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Gilbert obviously has played well against Naugatuck and Ansonian has played well in the NVL. You saw them on Saturday against Crosby yeah. and Torrington struggling a little bit, but Torrington plays in that NVL division one yep. um, and Gilbert plays in that division two. So is that, is that a big difference? But Sean, I'll I mean, let you're you not going to trip me up here. The answer is no. Um, <laughs> Torrington's really had it, had it rough. I think they're Torrington were probably having it rough if they were in the other, maybe they have another win. Uh, but I did see Gilbert Northwestern. Uh, I'm a little concerned about their defense. So, Scott, you guys got to work on that a little bit. You know, Crosby was able to hit them with the long ball uh, uh, several times in that game, you know, and they've got some athletes, Crosby. Uh, Torrington, I don't think they're quite Crosby's pitch either. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't see anybody stopping your, your boy, Trey Camp. I don't see anybody stopping Reisdorf. And there, there are plenty of guys on that, that team that we – don't mention often so um you know they've got some they've got some dudes there i'm going with gilbert uh i think it's a pretty easy pick. thanks yeah i'm gonna go with gilbert as well for all the reasons team that Pugwaga. you said but it's the are it's the register is that you Bowl. is are you te- is that team Pugwaga or is torrington team Pugwaga? I think torrington. they're both they're both torrent they're both team Pugwaga. it's like they're fighting for your affection exactly they are fighting for my affection it was great though when i first started there because torrington only played on friday night and Gilbert, because they were in the Pequot, they played on Saturdays a lot. I so I was actually able to, myself, to go myself, this poor guy, this is, this is his entire fall. Yep. I'm going to New Canaan versus uh, uh, Greenwich. <laughs> hey, Gilbert had a pretty good team that year. Tony Ortiz, John Lippicott, they went to the playoffs, lost to uh, yeah. Jack Shaben and Barlow. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they they had a good Gilbert team. But I'm, I'm going to go with Gilbert as well uh, in the Register Citizen slash Peter Wallace slash Peter Paguaga Bowl. Um, <laughs> now we're going to go down. To, we're going to Gilbert's old conference. We're going to the Pequot. This, Sean, I know you're pumped about this game. 5-0 and Valley Regional traveling 
to Pearson Park to play the 6-0 Cromwell Portland Panthers. I think this is a game that we had all circled at the beginning of the season, uh, watching Valley kind of get back to form. Uh, the team that we know that they've been, the program that we know that they could be, both coming in with undefeated records. And this is the game that we've all wanted. I'm going to go first on this one. I am so happy that Valley is back in the mix. Uh, Jean-Pierre, there's a bunch of dudes. We went and saw them uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, Sean. So you could touch on them more. But right now, it's still the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are still the cream of the crop in the Pequot. They have four shutouts this year. Their defense has allowed just 20 points against North Brantford and Granby Canton, who's a really good team in the Pequot. Uh, you were there for that game. That was a 14-7. That was a nail-biter back and forth, kind of who was going to break first game. Um, but until they're knocked from the top, I'm going with Cromwell Portland. Valley Regional, I did see him last week against uh, Capital Prep. You know, I thought Capital Prep had some chances there. Um, they certainly had the ball in position to make make uh, make that more of a game than it was. It's twenty eight nothing, you know. And I know Valley was, wasn't really thrilled um, with the way they played coming out of that game. You know, the quarterback got their quarterback got dinged up. Um, Grady like La Coutier, like I, I can get that right, right? La Coutier. Um, it was very uh, French of you. Um, yeah, French Canadian, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But Grady, he, uh, he he got hurt late in the game, but then they have a, they have a guy that, uh, well, D'Angelo Jean-Pierre is one of the best players in the state. You know, he's, he's, he's about my height, 5'6". He's much bigger than me, and he also packs much more wallop, uh, at least on a football field. Uh, he also plays like a point guard. He likes to hold the ball and kind of do a little jukes, and, you know, he does this magic trick where he holds the ball out, right? <laughs> With the, That's Beckham. Beckham used to do yeah. that for the Giants. <laughs> does that where he holds the ball out and you, and you think he's going to throw it to you but he, he keeps it in his palm he palms the thing um that might be a little bit dangerous there but uh you know they're certainly very good um the guys up front they got a pretty good staunch defense jacob rand is also there he, he's a you know good running back and receiver and uh they got a lot of guys uh that said um it's not the cromwell portland team of last year i think we can all agree about that yeah Certainly, the offense is taking a hit with lost Alex Hare, who, incidentally, might be back. Yep. I mean, he's, he was walking without a boot a few weeks ago, and uh, you know they were might have been giving him a little bit of uh, an opportunity to play last week in, in their wipeout of Old Saybrook Westbrook. But I actually am ashamed to say I did not looked at the game nor the stats on that. So you know, consider yourself lucky in that regard, Cromwell Portland. Um, but. You know, even though it's maybe not the same team as it was last year, no Teddy Ball game, you know, Owen Brunk's not there anymore. Uh, they still got some guys. Cole Brisson at quarterback, he's pretty good. You know, they got Ryan Rosich at running back uh, and a receiver. Uh, he's been excellent for them. Uh, ben Fagan, obviously, they're one of their top options at, at, at the receiver. And Emeka Yearwood, who is just kind of all over the place. He's a great defender, great receiver. Uh, they, have, they have some guys. Um, I'm very curious. Alex Hare, now they look at it now, it does, had, did not play last week. I don't know if he's going to be in on this one. Even if he is, he's a great running back for them. That would really balance out the offense. But even if he is, uh, that's going to be tough. I don't. I mean, it's it's still a very big game for him to kind of all of a sudden be the same guy he was maybe you know last year. So that said, it's a tough it's a tough matchup because clearly 
Carmel Portland's been having a lot of trouble running the ball. They're going to need to do that against this team. They're going to need to balance it out because Valley Regional has some of the athletes to cover these guys, and it's just going to be a matter of what defense is great first. That said, I, all that said, I'm going to just go with Carmel Portland here. I can't go back on them yet. I know the Valley Regional guys love the fact that we just picked them, both picked against them. They are eating it up. They're laughing in their, their room, uh, in their, their, their coach's room. And, uh, hey, what can I tell you guys? Uh, go out and prove us wrong, right? Yeah. The, I, when I posted the board on the website, it's high resolution, so you could print it out. <laughs> and you could just mark our faces. Um, but, no, that one's going to be a really good one. I'm, I'm really excited to see their home that field, game. It's hard to pick against them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to go to the SEC. And uh, this game, if you want more information on it, pause. Go listen to the meat grinder. But we have 5-1 and one North Haven going to Cheshire to play the 5-1 and one Rams. North Haven only loss is a 7-point loss to Notre Dame West Haven. They went on to beat Platt, Shelton, Harding, Xavier afterwards. Cheshire started off 4-0. and oh, Some good wins. New Milford, Hand, Connard, Hillhouse. Then they big trip up against Fairfield Prep. They were up 10-0. They allowed 33 straight points. Uh, quarterback uh, Matt Jeffrey was hurt in that game. Uh, we reported that he was in a sling at the end of that game. Uh, but maybe the injury was a little over-exaggerated because your boy, Matt Jeffrey, lined up at wide receiver last week against Notre Dame West Haven and caught two touchdowns <laughs> as a receiver for the Rams. He's one of the best athletes in the state. He's the number one lacrosse prospect for his grade in the entire country. Uh, they go to they get to host North Haven, and Cheshire beat Notre Dame West Haven, who North Haven lost to. It's a nice little, you know, if that if that's the kind of thing you're into. Obviously, teams get better or get worse as the year goes on, but big comeback win for Cheshire. They're at five and one, and they are welcoming North Haven. Sean, who do you got? I'm going to go against, um, I'm going to go, a a big part of me wants to pick North Haven here, but I don't think Cheshire's going to be lured in by this, uh, you know, by what happened to Shelton. In fact, I think, uh, I think Cheshire's going to be well and ready uh, for this game. I'm going to go with the Rams. Wow. The hard pick. pick. It is a really hard pick. I'm going, it's a tough pick, but I'm going with Cheshire. You know, I think North Haven's good. But Cheshire showed me something a little bit last week. Showed me they're not, they're not just Jeffrey. Yeah. No, they're definitely not. Simone, a quarterback. Jeffrey Gonzalez, the running back, can run they're the ball. They're not just Jeffrey. They, and they bounced back. I didn't, you know, I thought they were going to crash and burn. You know, I picked prep against them two weeks ago. Uh, picked the, yeah, I picked prep, yeah, against them. So, uh, you know, but now I'm going to start. I'm going to put, put my faith back in it. Yeah, it was. After that loss, they showed me something last week. For being yeah. Burned. And I don't think that happens in previous years. I think this team's built different. Um, I'm going to pick Cheshire, too. I thought I was going to be like the lone wolf. I thought you were all in on North Haven. Do you want to know what my reasoning for picking Cheshire is? What's that? Sagnello came on the podcast. The last two coaches that have came on the podcast have lost. And Chris Anderson and Chad Neal. Yeah, well. So. <laughs> maybe they had a little bit of something to do with it. <laughs> no, but I'm going to go with Cheshire. I was really impressed with the way that they rallied against Notre Dame the week after um, beat they beat him by 15. That's a really good win for Cheshire. So they sit at five and one. Like I said, they're bringing in North Haven. We're both going with Cheshire. Another week, another Barlow game on the board. 
Barlow. We had Barlow and New Fairfield on this list last week, and Barlow beat them up 47 to 13. Danny Shaven, our boy, had himself a night. I think it was four rushing touchdowns. I think he threw for one or two. He had a 96 yard rushing touchdown. I mean, he is, you know, Sean and I were like texting over the weekend. I was like, all state? Question mark, question mark. Like, you know, we're starting to think that way. But he balled out. I mean, kind of maybe a Heisman-y moment uh, for him in a game, a great game against an undefeated, uh, a then undefeated new Fairfield team. But now they welcome in Newtown. The Nighthawks have, are winners of five in a row. They're five and one. They lost their opener by 20 to Greenwich and have allowed three, 12, 14 points the rest of the way. Three, uh, two shutouts thrown in there. Dylan Magazoo. One, like we talk about him all the time, but one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the state. Uh, he just committed to FCS Elon. He's a baller. He's an athlete. We got two of the best like quarterback athletes going at it in this game. Um, I mean, this one, this one's great. Uh, Newtown's L, Barlow's double S. Does that play a factor into this game? Uh, for me, I think it does. Um, I'm super impressed with what Newtown has been able to do since that loss to Greenwich and I'm going to go with the Nighthawks I'm going with Newtown in this game I'm going again you know look I love Barlow I think Barlow is the double s favorite but you're going up against a class l school winners of five in a row a proven program really good coaching staff over at Newtown I'm, I'm going with the Nighthawks Pete I got a pop quiz for you Ooh. what's the last time Barlow beat Newtown uh, before me, I don't know, 1985. Before I was in existence. No, I don't know. I'm sure it had to be within the last 10 years would be my guess. Uh, no, uh, you're going to have to go as far back 17 years. Wow. <laughs> back to 2005, a 14 to seven victory over the Kenny Roberts Nighthawks. I believe, uh, uh, one of the, uh, who was it? Uh, Joey DeVallis was on the team at the time. Maybe Joey can give us a little idea what happened in that game. Ah, uh, that was that was before Newtown's you know recent like rise through the Steve George and the Patterson years. That this you know this dynasty, I, I guess. Um, that's been close. The one close time they actually had a really good game together was in 2013, and a kid named Jack Shaman was running all over Newtown, and I vividly remember him carrying half the Newtown team on his back for a touchdown. <laughs> In that game in 2013, final score, though, Newtown 49, Barlow 36. They just couldn't keep up. That was kind of like the M.O. Every time Barlow that year played a team that was a legitimate, like, larger school team, you know, a, a Newtown or in the, later on in the playoffs, St. Joseph. They were pound for pound hitting back with St. Joseph, but they just could not, you know, contend with the depth that St. Joseph had as, as a private school. And St. Joe was one of the, it was one of, it was a great St. Joe team, right? 2013. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was a great group. Uh, so uh, with that said, I, I can't, I can't pick Barlow here. <laughs> I mean, uh, I picked him again. I picked him last week, but it was kind of like, just, you know, I thought that was going to be a great game. I didn't think they're going to wipe him out like that. I think this Barlow team is going to have some surprises here. I think it's going to be competitive, but in the end, I just think Newtown's have has just too many guys. And uh, I think Barlow gets suffers his first loss. Not that it's going to matter too much. They're going to the playoffs. We know yeah. that. 
they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. In this year, this age of six divisions, you know if you're going to the playoffs before we reach November. It's annoying. So, anyway, that said, there, <laughs> it says not going to mean that much. Uh, I know that Barlow wants to show up. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. We'll go with Utah. All right. You had to get that one dig in there at the playoffs. Oh, I can't stand it. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It makes me want to go. <laughs> go farm somewhere. We are gonna go retire uh, and farm. Go find a nice piece of land and farm. We're gonna stay Get in. Nice uh, we're gonna stay in the south part of the state here. And we've got a nice rivalry game. We got five and two Wilton coming in on five uh, two straight losses to Darien and New Cannon. Going up against Ridgefield, who's three and three. They coming off a shutout loss to St. Joe's. They've lost to Greenwich and they've lost to Shelton. They played a really tough schedule um but remember this game last year wilton beat ridgefield who was number seven at the time in the poll for the first time since 1993 i was at that game i will say this justin keller kyle cosley those guys were on the field during that game for ridgefield <laughs> parker woodring <laughs> he's not coming through that door for wilton right now uh that wilton team was so good last year one bounce away from maybe going to the postseason uh, a year ago and doing some some damage. Um, two different teams than last year. But Ridgefield coming off, uh, they did not look great against St. Joe's. St. Joe's very good defense, limited a really good air attack by the Tigers. But rivalry game, you throw the records out the window. You know, Wilton won for the first time. Ridgefield's got to be pissed. They want a shot back at the Warriors. And, um, Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ridgefield on this one. I think last year uh, just kind of showed uh, that how good that Wilton team was and how much, uh, you know, Ridgefield needed to improve. Um, you know, well, they were kind of on the slide, right? At the end yeah. Of that, that was, that was kind of like the beginning of the end. Right? Yep. But uh, this time, you know, now, you know, they remember they just lost a really, really tough game against Joseph. Playing for their playoff lives, although again, it's not that dire. Even if they even if they, even if they lose, yeah, you know, they still have many games left to make it up. It's annoying. Anyway, that said, um, and a Wilton that's two losses in a row. This is going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be competitive, uh, but I'm going to go with Ridgefield. I think Ridgefield begins a new streak uh, this week. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with you. I agree. I, you know, we talked about Killingly last week going to Branford after their loss to Wyndham, and they really took it out on the Hornets. I think 67 nothing. I think there's nothing more that's been stirring for Kyle Cosley and Justin Keller. Just probably looking back at the old photos on CTInsider.com. Uh, that's my nice little pitch for our website, but. You know, I think that they look at that. The lead photo is the Wilton team celebrating while they're just kind of just in shock that they lost this game. Um, Keller didn't have his best game in that day. Um, I think they're playing. I think this is on their bulletin board. I think this is uh, one of their goals for the season is to start that streak again, and I'm going with the Tigers as well. All right, we're going to go to our final game of the day, our final game of the week. It's on a separate day. It's on Saturday. Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Who scheduled this game? John Marinelli? <laughs> uh, we got, And it's not even at Greenwich. 
All right, we got the five and one Cardinals are going to Darien to play the Blue Wave, who kind of after a slow start, a one and two start, Darien is here at four and two. We mentioned the win against Ridgefield. Uh, I'm sorry, we mentioned the win against Wilton. Uh, it was a three point win where they kind of scored in the final seconds. I think everyone thought, oh, here we go again for Darien. They were able to hold on. They beat Ludlow last week by 10. Now they're welcoming Greenwich in, who has rallied from that loss to Southington. They beat West Hill. They beat St. Joe's. They beat Trumbull. Uh, so now the Cardinals playing Saturday afternoon. Nothing new for them. They just have to get on their probably super nice coach buses to go to Darien. Um, I saw Greenwich last week. It was probably the most boring 37 points that I've ever seen scored in a game. Um but they still scored 37 points. They're running the ball well. They're closing out games, which they did not do against Southington. They did it against St. Joe's. Sean, you were there. They did it against Trumbull. I was there. Jack Wilson's playing well. Konesburg's running the ball well. They should have Charlie Dixon back. By the way, we don't talk about this guy enough. Dom DeLuca is a matchup nightmare. Uh, he's gigantic. He's like 6'5". 215 wherever wherever he goes to college and i'm assuming it'll be division one just because he has such an like a football body type this kid's going to be a monster but right now at the high school level he is a matchup nightmare for any high school because there are no kids in this state that are that big that fast uh he is just a matchup nightmare so because of that with the return of charlie dixon not that i, I even if charlie dixon's not playing i'm still picking greenwich but with him i think he'll be back uh, Coach Anthony Morello said if they played Friday last week instead of Thursday, he had a better shot at playing. So I think Dixon's back. Jack Wilson's playing well. They're running the ball well. They're closing out games. Everything that I just said is the reason why I'm picking Greenwich in this game. Not even anything against Ariane. I just think Greenwich is the better team, and they are playing at a high level right now. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you, Pete. Uh, I think Greenwich is um, their one setback aside. I don't know if you can really count that against them anymore. It was, they were up big in that game, too. They you know, overall, minus that, they've been a really consistent good team. Um, and, you know, something is just good, you know, and they just kind of have the momentum that day. Uh, when Darian has been when Darian has been up against a good team, it hasn't gone very well. Uh, when Darian is against some of the uh, also Rams and the FCX, they seem to do better. Although, I really, I wonder um, if they're ready for prime time now, um, this week. So, uh, you know, that said, I think, they, I think they'll hang around for a little bit because just rivalry's sake. But uh, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, I think they're uh, destined to get to the number one seed, at least. I think maybe. Yeah, maybe the number two seed. No, it's, I think Southern. But they're going to be a high seed. They're going to have a home game in the playoffs. Um, I think the rest of the regular season is just kind of, you know, let's practice for the playoffs for them, which is, again, an unfortunate side effect of the – I mean, maybe not for coaches like, you know, blood pressure. But it's yeah. an unfortunate side effect. This uh, is the, uh, yeah, this is the big, this is the, I'm going to say this with some confidence. This is the biggest game, I'm using air quotations, for Greenwich until Thanksgiving. You know, Staples is not a team to sleep on. The game's always great. There was the walk-off winner last year. Sean, you were there uh, for, I think, Tommy Foster scored in overtime to win that game. That's always a great game, and Staples is a really good team. But this is the last big test for them before Thanksgiving. And, you know, and you look on test. the other side. It's not a, you know, they need to win this game or yeah. otherwise they might be in danger if they don't win on Thanksgiving type of deal. And I'm sure that suits 
Anthony Morello just fine. But like that's up and down the class L, you know, roster right now, other than the eighth place spot, maybe seven. Yeah. Um, you know, every it's this is just for seeding for Greenwich for for Darian. They're fighting for their playoff lives. Kind of, you know, I, I think they still get in even if they go finish six and four. So, uh, you know, again, I've done that a million times, but, uh, you know, the stakes just aren't as high in that. And that's a shame. Uh, so uh, with that said, though, it's still a rivalry game. It's still two of the league's best programs going together. I don't think the intensity, just like West Haven Shelton last week, will be any less. But certainly the stakes aren't as high. Yeah, well, I will say this for Greenwich. I think they really want that home game yeah. since winning the 2018 state title and going to the finals in 2017. Greenwich uh, got knocked out in the first round in 2019 and 2021 at Darien and at Fairfield Prep. So I think they want that home game. Uh, feel a little comfort a there. Game, yeah, win this. Yeah. And uh, I think and then you look on the flip side in terms of number one seed, and maybe we're getting a little bit off track here, but Greenwich, this is the end of Greenwich's big schedule. This is the beginning for Southerton. Glastonbury 5-1, and one, Maloney's undefeated, then Connard, and then Cheshire, who's 5-1 and one right now. Did this, did this just turn into the meat grinder? It potentially did. It potentially did, but I Let's think it's a really here, good Pete. point. <laughs> I think it's a really good point to bring up. But like Sean said, I'm going to wrap it up for uh, for Pete Paguaga. I'm sorry, for Sean Patrick Bowley, I'm your host, Pete Paguaga. We'll catch you out on the field. Good Say day. hi. Later. <laughs>